0: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It is Friday, March 4th, 2022. I'm your host, The Pody. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and joining me on episode 163. As my dad pointed out, last week's episode was 162. I have officially podcasted a full MLB season, something that will not be done in Major League Baseball this season. More on that later, but the gist of it, Rob Manfred announced, what, Tuesday or Wednesday that the first two series of the season have been canceled. More on that later, like I said, but it is not a good sign for Major League Baseball. The Players Association, the owners, have yet to come to an agreement. And since Manfred announced uh, the couple series that will be canceled, the start of the season being canceled, there has been no progress since then. I have looked And I can't find anything. So it's just an absolute disaster. There's a lot we have to get into. COVID is starting to go away. There's mandates being lifted, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Some good things going on in in, in Canada, in Toronto. That's played the Raptors the other night, full capacity. So we're kind of pushing past this COVID thing. So you would think, well, is Kyrie Irving going to be able to play? Well, Let's jump in and let's talk about that. Last week, New York City Mayor Eric Adams said he planned to roll back the mandate. There was some speculation that Kyrie would be able to start playing in the next couple of days. That was not the case. Adams announced the public vaccine mandate would be lifted March 7th. March 7th is Monday. What's happening, at least here in New Jersey, is that March 7th was the date Governor Phil Murphy announced schools can lift uh, the masks. It is now optional. Come Monday, you do not have to wear a mask in schools. So it makes sense that Eric Adams is following suit and making this available throughout New York City, you can now go to restaurants and and go to games without a vaccine card. You you don't have to show your vaccine card anymore. There is no mandate in place. Okay, great. So Kyrie Irving can play? Well, no. According to the Athletic Shams Charania, a separate private mandate still exists, meaning Kyrie Irving, yet again, will not be eligible to play until that private sector mandate has been lifted. It's just an absolute joke. But all we can do is wait and watch. And, of course, this will be lifted in the coming days, weeks, whatever. Kyrie Irving will be playing in every playoff game. That's what matters. The Nets are going to have to do some work to get into the playoffs. Right now, they're the eight seed. They have fallen now to 500. So let's jump right in. Steve Nash was placed in health and safety protocols on Monday, just before tip-off against Toronto. And Toronto is the seven seed. The Nets have to chase them. Then they have to chase, I believe, it Boston. Somebody's in the sixth seed. It was Boston last I checked. This is not good. Jacques Vaughn, we know what he's capable. Two years ago, coached them through the bubble but it was a last minute sudden thing and you knew it just didn't it didn't it didn't feel right well that's because the nets were getting absolutely destroyed monday night that game was a wash toronto just hitting shots shot after shot after shot it was like a four point game next thing i know toronto put up 43 points or so in the first quarter nets get absolutely lambasted they lose by 33 points on Monday. And oh, guess what? Then they had to turn around on Tuesday, fly to Toronto to play the same Raptors team. And like I said, there were fans in attendance and lots of them, okay? And guess what? Toronto still has a vaccine mandate. So Kyrie Irving, another place he could not play. Kyrie Irving has not played this week, not since that Nets great victory against the Bucs. Last weekend. So that drops the Nets to 32 and 31 because guess what happened in Toronto? The Nets clawed their way back and Tony Brothers, I don't know how old you are, my guy, but it's time to call it quits and hang up that hang up that striped shirt because my goodness, LaMarcus Aldridge is an M, is a is a, is a uh, veteran player on this Nets team. He's been around a very long time and he's a great player. LaMarcus Aldridge unacceptable that Tony Brothers called two separate defensive 3 seconds in the final couple of minutes. It cost the Nets the game. And one of them was clear as day it was not a defensive 3 seconds call. Absolute joke. The Nets could not challenge it. It was not reviewed, whatever. And James Johnson at the buzzer throws up a prayer, hits a three, the Nets lose by one. So they lost two in a row to the seven seed that they're trying to chase. Not a good start to the week. However, hold that thought, Nets fans. I have good news for you. Kevin Durant made his awaited comeback last night after missing what was it 21 23 games due to that MCL sprain zero limitations k kd was a full go last night and he didn't show much rust of course this is his first game playing with Seth Curry um and, and these guys that they just got from from the trade Drummond okay um first game without Harden he scored a game high 31 points did KD and it was also against Miami in a, in a back to back Miami second end of a back to back no Jimmy Butler no PJ Tucker no Kyle Lowry the Nets were steamrolling the Heat from the jump I think they were up by as many as 23 all the, but then you know the Heat earned first place in the east for a reason They went on a run, and I did not like the way the half closed. Nets only up like seven or so, and the third quarter was more of the same. It was ugly. Nets only scored 17 in the third, and next thing you knew, the Heat were up by like double digits. The Nets clawed their way back, got this one close, and what do you know? They still lost yet again. Wasted, wasted debut for KD coming back from that injury. He puts up, like I said, 31 points. He looked good. He had a three in the final stages that was halfway down and popped back out. It was it was a rough one. Um, and then after that, they just it was over free throws and, and fouling, and and the Nets lose. So the Nets are now. 32 and 32. The first time they have been 500 since Halloween when they were three and three. Tacking on more bad news for the Nets is the announcement before tip last night that sharpshooter Joe Harris, my favorite player, will miss the rest of the season. It's just blow after blow after blow for this Nets team. Uh, ben Simmons has been dealing with back soreness since, since he's been acquired by the Nets and they're trying to ramp him up. There's just no end in sight for this Nets team right now. And I'm starting to really question whether this team can get out of this play-in um, before before this season is over. There's about 20 games left. They have to make up a, probably like six games if they want to get it, climb out. And I don't think they're going to do it. So I think the Nets are going to fall into this play-in and they're going to have to come out of this play-in as the eight seed and play Miami in, in round one. Um, although some people think Philly is gonna is going to make a run at this one seed and hey, so be it. Whoever the Nets have to take on, as long as they have Ben Simmons on the court, finally healthy, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, there's no reason that they should lose. But right now they only have a Kevin Durant or a Kyrie Irving, and hopefully pretty soon it'll be Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in every single game, and the Nets can go on a little bit of a run here and catch a team like Boston, who has been playing unbelievably. They're too hot for their own good, in my opinion. I think they're going to cool off. Um, You have Atlanta kind of surging a little bit. Charlotte is just in desperation mode. They can't seem to win anything. Had to sign Isaiah Thomas. Um, it's It's a weird it's a weird up and down in, in the East right now. There's a couple teams, the Bucks have gone on an upward trend. They they came back, beat Miami the other night. Drew Holiday with a game-winning uh, uh, layup or turnaround uh, floater. But uh, yeah, weird weird goings in the East, but it should be fun. Like I said, about 20 games left, and then we'll be at the playoffs. So uh, we're, we're in the witching hour at this point, as Scott Hansen likes to say on NFL Red Zone. All right, I want to talk about my favorite player of all time for just a second. For those of you that do not know, I don't know why you wouldn't know this, but as a Yankees fan, there's only one man that is my favorite player of all time. My favorite Yankee, my favorite player in the history of sports, and that is the greatness himself. Number two, Derek Jeter. Number two. Yes, Derek Jeter. He stepped down as CEO of the Marlins in kind of shocking fashion. Um, He had one year left on his contract, found this out today. Derek Jeter is baseball's first and only black CEO. He's, of course, half black, half white. Um, His mother's white, his father's black. And he's out as Marlins CEO. He is also relinquishing his 4% ownership stake, which I think it, when he bought that was maybe around twenty five million. Um, I think that's what I saw, because I th- when he was in talks to buy the team and all this, I thought he was literally paying hundreds of millions for the team. And then I saw that I think it was a low, a real low number in the twenty millions uh, range. So what happened is principal owner Bruce Sherman who I believe hired Derek Jeter when he bought the team in like 2017, said that the vision for the future of this franchise is different than the one I signed up to lead. Henceforth, him and Jeter had a falling out. Here's what I'll say about this. Jeter, when he came in, he immediately traded Giancarlo Stanton to the Yankees, and people lost their minds and thought, oh my God, he's just helping out his old team, the Yankees, and this and that, yada, yada, yada. Well, a few years later, people started to realize, worst contract in sports. Giancarlo Stanton was always hurt, can't do anything for the Yankees. Thank God the Marlins got rid of him. Well, Jeter didn't stop there. He got rid of really good players, all their good players, Real Muto, uh, you name it, up down, up and down the list, he started getting rid of really good players, but he also had a really good manager in Don Mattingly. A few years later, some no-name guys, some scrappy athletic guys, and take us back to the COVID year, what well, was 2020, 60-game shortened season. Guess who made the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen? The Miami Marlins. So, Mr. Bruce Sherman, I don't know what you could expect. What more you want from Derek Jeter making the playoffs um, hadn't been there very long. What more do you want? He's turning this team around. You have to, you know, you, you have to spend money. It's on you as well. Um, this is part of this collective bargaining agreement. There's a lot of these owners that refuse to spend money. It's just, it's a whole mess. But anyway, uh, Derek Jeter is out. I would not consider his time with the Miami Marlins a failure by any means because they did make the playoffs, and he wasn't given enough time to do what he had to do. So he's out. Maybe you know he'll come over to the Yankees. One of those special advisory roles, like A. Rod. Uh, maybe, maybe he becomes the next general manager of the Yankees. Okay. Um. People, fans are at their wit's end with Brian Cashman. So who knows? Whatever Jeter does, it turns to gold anyway. So it might not be a bad idea. Whatever he does next, whether it's business, sports, you name it, a combination of the two, he'll be very successful. All right, let's get to some college basketball. I just said briefly uh, a few minutes ago that NBA, there's about 20 games left in the season. Well, there's less than that in college basketball. We have hit March, okay? We are weeks away, and not many weeks. Like, week and a half, two weeks away from Selection Sunday. This thing is going to go fast. So, a couple of notes here. Number two, Arizona wins the Pac-12 regular season title for the first time since 2008 2008, okay, Uh, they beat number 16 USC on Tuesday, wasn't even close, beat them by 20, put up 91 points, that means USC finished with 71, it marks the Wildcats' first regular season championship since 2018, the same year they won the Pac-12 tournament. and it was a huge bounce back win for the number 2 wildcats because last weekend they lost to unranked colorado 79 to 63 and guess what arizona remained number 2 why because this was part of a wild wild west weekend that saw 7 of the top 10 teams lose on Saturday. Oh my God. Yeah. That's what Jay Billis was saying all day long as team after team after team lost, lost, lost. And speaking of ranked teams that lost Wisconsin knocked off Purdue 70 to 67 at home Tuesday night. Let me just say one thing about the big 10 teams at home do not lose. If you're playing a home game in the Big 10 conference, you have a very good chance to win. It's been unbelievable. Um just and this I I happen to catch this game cuz I was keeping an eye on this for for Rucker's sake, see how this shakes out the, the Big 10 standings, and I turned it on right in like the final minutes and I saw an unbelievable finish. I could not believe it. Wisconsin gets the W, but it wasn't that Excuse me, it wasn't that simple. They win by three, 70 to 67. With Wisconsin up three, Purdue called timeout. They then tried to bang it into their seven-foot-whatever-monster Zach Eady, down low for a quick two on the inbounds. They had the perfect look. He turned around for the little, you know, uh, turnaround jumper push, whatever you want to call it. It wasn't really a hook shot, but skyhook, if you will. And it was basically a bunny for someone of his his size. And he missed it a little too strong off the rim. They had to foul. And unfortunately, they fouled Brad Davison. Brad Davison hadn't missed a free throw in eight straight games, 23 for 23. And fifth-year senior came back with the COVID exception, all that, right? Veteran player Nobody can prepare, you could practice as much as you want, but nobody can prepare for that pressure cooker of a situation that is shooting a free throw in the final seconds of a game to secure the victory. And what happened? An 88% free throw shooter who hadn't missed in eight games, missed short on the one and one. So guess what? This then happened.
1: Ivy in a hurry, pulling up for three. He tied the game. Oh, lethal shot from Ivy.
2: Five seconds to go. Chucky Hepburn, big ten on the line. Yeah!
0: So I have to back it up just a little bit. So when Purdue was down three, the reason they were down three was because Johnny Davis. He was at the top of the key for a long two. He he stopped his dribble. He faked the shot, tried to catch catch uh, one of the uh, Purdue defenders, tried to get the uh, foul on the shot and he didn't bite. So he was kind of stuck. And then he throws up a shot a prayer, basically, and he banks it in. He tried to follow a shot, too, because he's like, oh, this isn't going in, and he banks it in. So then, after Davison misses the foul shot, that's when Ivy, that's what you just heard, Ivy secures the rebound, goes up the court, In transition, pulls up for three, a very difficult shot when you're doing that. If you've ever played basketball, if you're running up the court like that in transition and you're just pulling up, it's a very difficult shot. He nailed it from the top of the key. A guy that's not a great shooter. I bashed him, I think, a week ago or two weeks ago, and he drained it. So Wisconsin inbounds the ball. Final seconds, they drive down. And Hepburn, the freshman, shooting it at like 30-something percent this season, like 35%. Step back, bank shot for three. Wisconsin wins on two straight bank shots. Imagine that. And not only did they win that game, they win a share of the Big Ten title. And they were celebrating like they won a national championship. So I don't believe in celebrating a share of anything. You either win it or you don't. Uh, There's no in between. But it's impressive Nonetheless, because Wisconsin was picked to finish 10th in this conference. Yes, I said it. 10th in this conference. And if Greg Gard did not get in that fight with Jawan Howard, if he wasn't such a bad guy because he did it against Rutgers, he called a timeout late in the final seconds when it was over, they were up five. There was no reason to call a timeout, and he called a timeout. So he's just a bad guy. But if he wasn't, he'd probably win National Coach of the Year, and he might still win it. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's just uh, I, I can't. I, I hate Wisconsin. I'm so glad we beat them in their building. But it is what it is. Okay, Duke, they have clinched their share of the ACC regular season title for the first time since 2009. It's only fitting it's in Coach K's final season. They defeated Pitt 86-56. to Man, Pitt has not been relevant since the Big East days. Um, that was on the road Tuesday, clinching the number one seed in the ACC tournament and at least a share of the regular season conference title. The last time they did that, I just said it, 09 010 season. What happened? They won a national championship that year. If Duke beats North Carolina tomorrow, it will be an outright conference title. Again, this is Coach K's final year. You get where I'm going with this? The wheel's spinning yet? Is this fate? Is Coach K going to go out on top? Is he going to pull a Ray Lewis? Is he going to win? a national championship in his final season? Is he going to pull a Peyton Manning? Like, what is going to happen here? I don't think that would happen, but boy, would that be a Cinderella story? Wowzers. What I will say is impressive about uh, Duke's season thus far is they're winning on the road in the ACC. Nine road games, nine road wins, I should say. The most since 2015. Huh. Again, they won a title in 2015. Duke has also won conference road games by an average of 14.2 points per game, which is the second highest mark under Coach K behind only his 1998-99 team. It's very, very impressive. And I also just read before that ticket prices for Coach K's final regular season game over $5,000. Only three Super Bowls since 2010 cost more. Absolute ridiculous. It's going to be must-watch TV or, if you're willing to spend that kind of money, um, a game that you will go to. All right, let's get to Ruckers, my Scarlet Knights. I gave up on them a week ago after winning four straight against ranked opponents, getting within, uh, you know, a hair length of a ranked spot in the top 25. They then dropped three straight. I thought their season was over until I see some some, um, experts or bracketology experts have Rutgers either first four out, last four in, first four in, you name it. It changes every single day. Well, Rutgers decided to show up and keep their bubble hopes alive. They didn't show up for the whole game, but they showed up when it mattered. They snapped that three-game losing streak at Indiana, no less, at Hoosierville. Okay, absolutely huge win um, in the Big Ten, keeping their their bubble hopes alive, like I said. Um, this was Wednesday night. They did not get off to a hot start. I tweeted out before the game that the only way Rutgers can win this game, they got to start shooting the ball better. They had been putrid these last three games in which they, well, the Wisconsin game was not terrible. They only lost by five. That was a good, that was a tough, tough game, but. The other two just—they two for fourteen from three—the one game or two for twelve—it was just absolutely disgusting. So I said, Rutgers has to shoot over thirty percent. Just shoot over thirty percent, and you have a chance, please. Well, they decided to shoot over forty percent, I believe, and they—they—they um, they, they had a ten-point deficit in the final seconds of the first half. Geo Baker with a step-back three, which was crucial. That seemed to give Rutgers a little momentum, cut the deficit to seven, and then they got into the second half. I think the lead got up to like nine or ten, but they fought back, and um, it was Geo Baker in the final couple of minutes. He hits a three to give Rutgers a sixty-seven fifty, uh, excuse me, 67-66 lead with 234 remaining. They were able to stretch that lead to as many as five, but of course it's Rutgers. They, they, they either win or lose by, by single digits every game. Um, I think they have the, the most such games um, in, the, in the country, or they did at one point. Um, I think they had the most losses by, by like three or less points, actually. So they stretched the lead to five with 19.2 seconds remaining. However, a crazy sequence of events happened. Geo Baker threw the ball up the court in a must-foul situation. He should have just held on to the ball. He throws it up to Mulcahy, and it hits the ref. It was going to go out of bounds, possibly. Mulcahy secures it in the corner, and he gets fouled a little hard for his liking, and all hell ensues. Take a listen to this. (coughs)
2: And Mulcahy. Crazy sequence. My goodness. There's the foul. Oh, what is. Boy, this. There's the foul on Xavier Johnson. As Paul Mulcahy tries to get his arm free, he certainly makes contact with Xavier Johnson. Boy, if you're Mulcahy, just take the foul and win the game. This is just. I agree, Rob, but Johnson kind of showed no, he, him he first. He's certainly. okay, he, so he is ejected. There's going to be two shots, and Indiana is going to have the ball after the the initial one and one for Rutgers. Wow. Remember, Mike Woodson, no timeouts left. In the corner, Stewart again. Yeah! Rod Harper Jr. beat Purdue at the buzzer in Piscataway and beats Indiana two seconds before the buzzer in Bloomington.
0: Just an unbelievable finish. It never should have got to that point. Uh, Mulcahy is a little bit of a boob. He is, when he's on, he's great, but for the most part, he's a pouty, uh, whiny crybaby, and he doesn't do himself any favors, and he picked up the technical when he was fouled. Uh, It should have never happened. It gave them two shots down five and the ball and the guy they sent to the line, Miller Cop, a 90 percent free throw shooter, sank both shots. And again, on the ensuing inbounds, they missed the first shot. They got it to Parker Stewart, their best three point shooter, who was one for seven at that point. He misses the shot. Rutgers got the rebound. I didn't understand this. They called a jump ball. It was a bogus call. They then got to inbound it under the basket. They went back to Parker Stewart, one for eight at this point. And of course, he nails the three to tie the game with 10 seconds left. Rutgers had a timeout, but Steve Peichel elected not to use it. And Ron Harper Jr. proved why hitting that shot. Um, I'm calling a timeout every single time. I don't care. I seen it. I see it too many times in the tournament. Um, once March madness starts, these coaches just let them play. And here's the problem. These guys go so erratically out of control. And another thing that I, I, I see is a lot of times, and it happened in the Nets game yesterday, they were trying to force. It was like Seth Curry first time playing with Durant, trying to force feed Durant. It's like, I. You, you're the best player. You take the shot. And they forced it to Durant, and he's getting like double and triple teamed. And at that point, Jacques Vaughn should have called timeout, and they were not able to score, and the Nets end up losing the game. It happens a lot in college as well. You try to let them go up the court. You don't want to stop the momentum. And then when they can't get the shot off or they go too erratically to the basket, you lose. But when they have to kick it back out, and then time is winding down, they can't, they look all disgusted. You know, discombobulated. You got to call that timeout and reset with a few seconds left. Uh, But hey, Ron Harper Jr., he did it against Purdue from like half court. And he did it again against Indiana. And then he took the bow and silenced the crowd. And Rutgers keeps their hopes alive. I'm keeping hopes alive that they could get that four seed in the conference and get that double bye in the Big Ten tournament. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. Because Wisconsin, not Wisconsin, excuse me, um, Ohio State beat Michigan pretty badly the other day. Um, So Rutgers currently the sixth seed in the Big Ten tournament. Um, Yeah, sixth seed. Somehow Iowa's sitting at 12 and seven. Iowa put up 46 points against Rutgers. We beat Ohio State and we beat Iowa. So if we can beat Penn State Sunday in the season finale, we can get to twelve and eight. We need Ohio State, Iowa to lose, and we would jump both of them into the four seed, get to double by. and it would be it would be uh rainbows and sunshine from there, hopefully. what? um let's see. So tomorrow Indiana plays Purdue. That really doesn't have an effect on Rutgers. Sunday is where it is. Rutgers, Penn State, you have Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan. We need Michigan to beat Ohio State. And we need Illinois to beat Iowa. That game's at 7.30. The Ohio State-Michigan game's on the same time noon as the Rutgers game. And damn it, I will be doing a high school softball hitting camp until about 1 p.m. So I'm going to miss most of this game. Um, Hopefully I can get home for the second half. But hopefully it's one of those games where Rutgers blows out Penn State. They're at home. They lost to Penn State earlier in the year. That was after the Seton Hall game. Just a bad showing on the road. So hopefully... Rutgers can get that W and they could get some help and get that four spot and get that double buy into the big 10 tournament, because that would go a long way for their hopes of getting into the NCAA tournament. And with COVID restrictions being lifted, I will be going to the NCAA tournament and watching Rutgers play. Should they make it? Because I didn't get that luxury last year with COVID and the year before it was canceled when Rutgers would have made it. So I've seen them one time in the NCAA tournament. In my lifetime, and it was last year, and I had to watch on TV, and at least they got to win in the first round. They should have beat Houston in the second round. I'm still mad about that. Miles Johnson missing that easy dunk, but um, hopefully, you know, they can make a little run this year, should they make it in, because they do play good defense. And when they can, when they do shoot and shoot well, the, you know, the, they can beat anybody, at least anybody in the Big Ten, because we've seen it. All right. Um, talked about baseball a little bit earlier. So obviously no collective bargaining agreement between Major League Baseball and its players. The league announced Tuesday. Again, this was not the league. This was Rob Manfred announcing that the first two series are canceled. There's going to be more. It's going to be more than than that that's canceled. I assume I expect it to be a month. Um, But what I can't stomach is this boob, Rob Manfred, showing up to the press conference. The mic Uh, The camera's on him and he's laughing in a serious day where we're losing baseball and you're about to announce the cancellation of games to the start the season. You're laughing with a reporter. It's a terrible look. Read the room. Know that you're always on camera. Not only does he laugh, the players didn't like that, but there's also footage of him just practicing his golf swing like, dude, what are you doing? You're thinking about golf when you're you're about to announce the cancellation of baseball games, a very, very dark day in in this sports history. This sport is dying. Boomer and Geo on WFAN the other day, uh, they looked up what the average age of an MLB viewer is of a baseball fan that watches on TV. The average age is fifth is over 57 The average age in 2017 was 57 years old. Oh my God. This sport is dying and you're laughing and you're practicing your golf swing when kids don't watch, kids don't play anymore. It is pathetic. You are losing viewers and you are going to be losing a job very soon. Give Derek Jeter the, 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 the commissioner of baseball role. How about that? How about we make Derek Jeter? I'm going to start a petition to make Derek Jeter the new commissioner of baseball. I mean, I obviously would never do it pro- because, uh, you know, Jeter was a player and he'll side with the players, but that would be ideal. I'm such a genius. Just make Derek Jeter the commissioner of baseball. Derek Jeter gets things done. You want a season, then put Derek Jeter in charge, goddammit, because this is a joke. Ken Rosenthal had this to say about it. it. It's not simply that Manfred at times smiled during his news conference Tuesday when he should have been more solemn. By now, his inadequacies as a public speaker are well established. The bigger problem is that he and the owners have been unable to build a functional relationship with the players and are unapologetic about it. They're at a standstill, an absolute standstill. Nobody is, is going to budge and nobody wants to budge. And that's the problem with what, what's going on right now. So whoever blinks first, and I hope it happens soon. Okay, we have the NFL Combine going on. NFL Network sat down with Bruce Arians and he spoke on the future of Tom Brady
2: said this morning, Jason Light, the GM, he was on Good Morning Football, and he said that they would leave the light on. You guys would leave the light on.
0: for Door open, light
2: on, all of it. Okay, so he's welcome. Obviously, you would take him back. You would in, want him back. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. But how, how do you leave the light on? Like, you're looking at other quarterbacks. You could draft mm-hmm. a quarterback. You could sign a quarterback, trade for a quarterback. Well, then what if in August, if that light is still on, he decides that he wants to come back and you went and found someone else?
3: That other guy's number two.
2: No matter what you paid for. Nope.
3: No, Tom Brady's coming back. He's back.
2: So there is a sentiment, however, that that's how, if Brady wants to play, he would play the scenario. Not to Uh, make you guys look bad. No. But say, let you guys move on, and then when I do want to come back, you guys are stuck.
3: No, that ain't happening. That's not Tom Brady.
2: You don't think he would do that?
3: No, not in a heartbeat.
2: What if he asked for a trade?
3: Nope.
2: Not going to trade him?
3: Nope. Bad business.
2: Bad business. I'm
3: not trading the best quarterback ever.
0: There you have it. Bruce Arians, he never shies away. He's he's just blunt about everything. He doesn't beat around the bush. He's absolutely right. Tom Brady, if he wants to come back, he's under contract another year. They would have to give up a King's ransom. You heard it. Five first-round picks. He said he don't care who it is. Nobody would start over Tom Brady if he wanted to come back. And nobody should. Because still, at his age, the oldest player in the NFL, he is the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers won MVP, but Brady put up historic numbers yet again. He lost Godwin. He lost some guys here and there, you know, didn't have a fully healthy team and he has won seven gosh darn Super Bowls. There's no question about it. Does Brady want to come back? Is he trying to get out to go to San Francisco? Who knows? I, I don't know. But thought that was a pretty funny and real quote from uh the man himself head coach of the Bucks Bruce Arians. Okay. Next up, I have a disturbing story. Um I guess it's out of the UFC if you want to call it that. Former UFC heavyweight champion Kane Velasquez was charged on Wednesday with attempted premeditated murder and other related charges for, quote, shooting a man in an attempt to murder another man, excuse me, for shooting a man in an attempt to murder another man who has been charged with molesting Velasquez's close family member. So it's a little weird the way they put that. Here's what happened. Velasquez or Velasquez fired a handgun multiple times into a truck carrying a man by the name of Harry Gullarte or Galarte, however you want to pronounce it facing felony charges that he molested a child and two older relatives of Velasquez's. So this man Gal- Galarte, um, a relative of his a 63 year old was struck once but is expected to survive. So what a despicable act. So Velasquez finds out that this man molested, from what I understand, a 10-year-old relative, a close relative. So this could be, you know, a cousin. This could be like like probably a nephew or niece, one of his sister's kids or brother's kids, whatever. And he was having none of it. So he went after the guy and tried to kill him. I applaud that sentiment. Um, He... Did not, I'm not condoning violence, but tell me, if you are in that situation, I've talked about it, I have a sister, I have a mother, if somebody does something this despicable, not only should they be put to death because it's just a vile, disgusting, sinister act, you think I'm going to stand by and not do something about it? Oh, no, 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 no. I just think Velasquez went about it in the absolute wrong way because he put someone else's life in danger in this man's, you know, relative, whoever it was. Um, And if you're going to do that, you should not involve anybody else. It should be mano y mano a la law abiding citizen. If you know, you know. Bell Center, home of the Montreal Canadiens, will finally return to full capacity as of March 12th. So that's a huge uh, sigh of relief. Um, we will get full capacity fans in the building in Canada for the Canadians. And like I said, we had that with the Raptors already just the other day. First time full capacity since this Omicron variant. So uh, that's nice. We're starting to push past COVID. It's, it's, it's a warm welcome. All right, let's talk a little bit about Zion Williamson. Haven't spoken about him all year because he's been out all season. And what's he been doing besides gaining weight? Um, He's been trying to recover from that foot injury that hasn't really done much. Um, But since the Pels have made a little surge here since they traded for C.J. McCollum. They're six and four in their last ten. They're just what a game behind the nine seed Lakers. They're in the 10 seed right now. Lakers are nine. There's a lot of talk about how bad the Lakers are doing right now. They should should sit LeBron for the rest of the season, yada, yada, yada. If they jump the Lakers, the Lakers fall to the 10 seed with 20 games remaining and are in danger of missing the playoffs with five Hall of Fame players on the roster. Count them. LeBron James, Hall of Fame. Anthony Davis, Hall of Fame. Russell Westbrook, as much as I hate him and despise him, He is a Hall of Fame player. Carmelo Anthony, another Hall of Fame player. And last but not least, one of the most dominant big men of his generation led the Magic to a finals appearance, Dwight Howard. There are five Hall of Fame players on the Los Angeles Lakers, and they might not make the playoffs. Let that sink in for a second. Back to Zion, because I digress a little bit. Reports are starting to heat up that a recent MRI of his foot has shown some progress. From what I gather from all of this, it's just fodder. Um, Pels fans, don't hold your hopes up that this man is going to come back for the playoffs. Now, should they make this play-in tournament and maybe get out of it? Is there a chance? Well, then all bets are off, yeah, because if they extend the season and get into the playoffs, yeah, maybe Zion just maybe... He makes a push and gets in shape and can can help this team. So we'll see. Some sad news to report out of Stanford. Katie Meyer, Stanford's goalkeeper and captain, died Tuesday at the age of 22. No cause of death was offered. She was a red shirt senior responsible for two saves during a shootout that helped win Stanford a national championship in 2019. She played in a total of 50 games for the Cardinal and from what I heard, uh she was found in either a dorm room or or somewhere on campus. So, um yeah, just sad sad story there. My condolences to the Cardinal family and uh Katie Myers' family as well. The lefty himself, Phil Mickelson, isn't having himself a fun couple of weeks. After losing multiple sponsorship deals for his comments on the Saudi Arabian League and Saudi Arabia and their human rights and all that good stuff, Mickelson is wishing he never would have sent this tweet in December of last year Few months back, three, four months ago, announcing that he earned first place in the PGA's inaugural player impact uh, program standings. I don't really exactly know what that is, but he did it. He tweeted it that he won, huh? Except he didn't, because Wednesday the PGA announced that Tiger Woods actually came in first place, winning $8 million in the process. Woods even, quote, tweeted Mickelson, uh, Mickelson's tweet from December with one word. Whoops. Eh, don't feel too bad for for Mickelson, though. He still gets a cool $6 million for coming in second place. I teased the NFL Combine at the top of the show, and this wide receiver out of Baylor, Tyquan Thornton, flirted with Combine history. Running his 40-yard dash, his official time was 4.28. However, his unofficial time was 4.21 seconds, which would have surpassed John Ross's record combine time of 4.22 seconds. I think they—that's since 2003 when they were, started recording this. All right, real quick, let's let's. Qu- Quickly go over um, the Kyler Murray saga with the Cardinals. Does he want to play there? Does he not? On Monday, Murray's agent released a long-winded statement in the tiniest of fonts about Kyler and his future with the Cardinals. I read the whole thing, and from what I gathered, it's, oh, it's not me, it's you. We're willing to take a pay cut for this year so we can bring players back. But Kyler Murray is the best player the best quarterback in NFL history in his first three years, and we deserve to be paid the highest contract of any quarterback ever. That's basically what it said. Well, I thought this was a great take by Ryan Clark. Here's what he had to say on ESPN's Get Up about Kyler Murray.
1: that he
3: has a feeling and that he shared his feeling. And as a dad of someone who's going to be a a first ballot Hall of Famer, I think he can understand it more than most. Uh, When dealing with RG3, who is now our colleague, we had to get on a phone call when I was signed to the Washington, at that time was a different name, to the Washington Commanders. And he said, you said some things about my father that I didn't like. And it was a very long text message and I don't do long text messages with people I'm not married to. And so I said, I'm going to give you a call. I called him and I said, Look, here was my feeling. <laughs> what I said about him is it is very tough to lead a locker room of fathers when your father is always hanging over you. And we've seen, and I know Kyle Murray, and in, in a day and age where so many black fathers aren't seen as present, aren't seen as there, I don't want to say anything negative about the way he parents, but he's one of those fathers that is very involved in his son's career. He was obviously very involved in getting him here. He's a father that wants to see his son do well, but also wants to see it happen happen his way and I do believe that that plays a part in some of Kyler Murray's immaturity when you don't have an opportunity to be your own man when you don't have an opportunity to make a lot of your own decisions in many cases it doesn't bode well as to what you can be inside locker rooms and on sidelines during football games and I think that this offseason is just a sign of Kyler Murray's immaturity and I think some of that immaturity is based on the way that he's grown up based on the way that his corner leads him and I think that we're seeing seeing these things play out publicly and that's why it's a little tough to swallow for a father like Larry Fitzgerald Sr.
0: Wowzer he did not hold back uh with his thoughts on Kyler Murray and I couldn't agree more um he's looking like a diva and it, it's it goes back to the whole LeVar Ball situation right this man is a headache he goes on first take and all these different shows, and he says this and that and this and that about his kids, and they're so great, and I could beat Michael Jordan. These these guys, these fathers, ultra-competitive, you got to stay out of it. You don't run your son's life. They're a professional athlete. They're an adult. You don't dictate what the team does or how your your, your son plays. This isn't Little League where it's like – Screaming from the sideline, and you're telling your kid to not listen to the coach and to only listen to you. It's just ridiculous. All right. What's up this weekend? We've got huge uh, UFC 272 tomorrow at 10 p.m. Covington versus Masvidal. Covington and Masvidal are former best friends and roommates who have since turned into hugely hated rivals. Covington claims Masvidal is a backstabber who became jealous of his success. On the flip side, Mosfadal says Covington is fake and stiffed his striking coach on pay. This should be amazing. They both made weight at like 170.5 or whatever they were. Uh, should be should be awesome. It's probably not going to kick off till like midnight or later. Hopefully that's not the case. Um, we've got NBA on all weekend as well. Like I said, about 20 games left in the season. Right. You've also got the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Victor Hovland is winning that. So keep an eye on that. And like I said, Duke, North Carolina tomorrow. Can't get much better than that. Uh, Coach Case, final North Carolina game. Right. Um, So that should be fun. Uh, That's all I have. Kept it under an hour. Nice, light Friday uh, episode this week. Uh, One last final thought. Um, So let's get to on this date in sports. And then one final thing I want to say on this date, March 4th, 1992, I was still a few months from being born. Dennis Rodman grabbed a career high 34 rebounds in a Detroit Pistons loss against Indiana. Hmm. Wow. Dennis Rodman played for somebody other than the Bulls. If that's what you're thinking, well, then, yes. He wasn't just on the Michael Jordan-led Bulls. He played for other teams. But 34 rebounds, that is a lot of rebounds. Wowzers. Anyway, final thoughts. Um, First take, I want to talk about that for a second. First take has been just, since Skip Bayless left, it's been brutal. I, I really can't, I used to watch a little bit with Max Kellerman, and now it's just, I don't even know who's on there debating Stephen A. You got Kendrick Perkins, who I can't understand, and they bring on all sorts of different guys and whatnot, whatever. So it's struggled. But somebody, whoever it was, decided to bring Christopher Mad Dog Russo in, albeit only on Wednesdays. I think started it was starting last week. Whoever this person that decided this or made this happen is a damn genius and they need a raise or a promotion. These two are pure entertainment. You all know what Stephen A. is. Blasphemy and yelling and screaming. And Christopher Mad Dog Russo is the original Stephen A. Smith. Pure entertainment. And in just ep- one episode, we got this amazing exchange over an, uh, over whether Steph Curry is a Hall of Fame player. Just take a listen. Have a good weekend, everybody. I'm the Pody. Signing out. See you all next week.
1: I think Are you be. kidding yes, me? Yes, I do. Yes, I Top do. Top 10? Yes, I do. You, uh, yes. Uh, let's, let's go through The greatest, shoot, greatest shooter in the history. of You really let's want to go do through. this? Let's you, you want to do this? Let's, let's go this. through you want, you want let's let's, go. Let's, let's, Can let's, we let's go, go through them? Let's go. Let's go. We got right. MJ. We got LeBron. No, no, okay. no. I do the asking. I do the okay. asking. Okay. okay, okay. You got a series to win for your life. Bird or Curry? Don't even go there! Don't <laughs> even me. go there! <laughs> you got me. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I can't go Listen. against a healthy Larry Bird. I can't uh, go against magic, a healthy Larry Bird. Magic or Curry? Magic or Curry? Well, it depends on what I need? Game on the line. Lo- series yeah, on the yeah, line. The, the, the Listen, Magic is the greatest point guard in the history of all basketball. Right, there you go. Steph Curry's That's the greatest shooter. Great shooter. Right. Steph Curry's the greatest We're shooter. Not what i are talking about shooting. What do I need? I'm talking about winning championships. Game series on the line. Ma- yeah. You got a chance. Your life's on the line. Okay. You want Magic? You want Curry? Don't tell me Curry. You know I'm you gonna, know you're wrong. I'm going with Magic. I'm going All with right. Magic. You want Kareem or you want Curry? Kareem, of course. You want Russell or you want Curry? Oh, come on. He won 11 championships in 13 so, years. That's not the point. Wait a, minute. Wait a minute. He's never averaged more than 18 and a half points in his career. He was a Miss big time Bill rebounder. Hold on. He was a big, listen, 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 listen. He was a big, listen, the ultimate champion. See, he's trying to be get me to be disrespectful, to the ultimate champion. I'm not going to do that. What I'm saying to you is, Russell, Bill Russell never averaged more than 18 and a half points per game in his career, but he was an elite rebounder and defender. My argument to you is, if you give me all the offense in the world, why am I worried? about defense i'm not worried about defense so guess what i not i might not do that if you're gonna ask the question that way what do i need that's why i'm asking you one game hey what what did i just say what do i need i can't hear you shut off I can't, <laughs> hear. I can't you can, hear you. I can't hear you. You can hear me. You can hear no, me it's loud and clear. It dropped. It dropped. I am tired of this nonsense. Uh, you Doug. can't put him ahead of Bird. You can't put him ahead of Magic. You can't put him ahead of the three centers. You can't put him ahead of Jordan. You cannot put him ahead of LeBron. You can't put him ahead of Tim Duncan under any circumstances. Yeah. You can't put him ahead of don't Tim work. Duncan, Mad and Doug you can't put him ahead Steve of Knight. Kobe. That's time. eight, nine guys right there. You want me to go to Nowitzki? You want me to go to West? You want me to continue how don't go to the whiskey don't go to the whiskey in them but he does have me on those vests. Okay but how he am I supposed to wrap vegetables. him he has no earpiece he producers does. can you we tell me go break. Break? I gotta get my headset back on <laughs>